Welcome to Coach Aria's podcast, Coach to Lead. So today's session is with uh, Leon Vanderpool and Dr. Rossi. As I was telling Leon just before this, I know Leon for a long time now. I'll give a brief introduction. Uh, honestly, I do not know Rosie. I just met her today. And so the topic and the discussion is going to be slightly different for those of you who do know Leon, because there'll be several of you will be in this panel, uh, say in this audience who know Leon. Um, it, it, it's about the journey, the dilemmas that people face when they are going through the coaching journey, the transformation, and so on. Um, so I'll let Leon introduce himself to you. So I'll briefly introduce Leon. So let, let, let me, without becoming too maudlin, let me try and introduce Leon to you in the next about a couple of minutes and then leave them uh, both to you. Uh, yeah, Leon was my teacher and my mentor way back when I was in my coaching journey. Um, someone because of whom I continued with that journey. Um, and we got to know each other well. He came over to India and I still remember the trip that he took to Trivanamalai to be with uh, Ramana Maharishi. Um, and he, he, he's someone who, who's on the spiritual pursuit, who's been on this for a very, very long time. And strangely, in some ways, um, Leon, um, as far as I know, was born perhaps, I'm not sure, but raised certainly in the Vancouver Island. And we had been talking about it for a long time. And just about two weeks ago, early this month, I had absolutely the greatest fortune to be there in Vancouver Island. We were there, my wife Nina and I, another friend, we were there for about a week. It's one of the most beautiful spots in the world, extraordinarily spiritual. I'm not surprised that Leon takes from wherever he grew up in. Um, so I leave it at that. And I have a, Leon's book with me by my side, A Shift in Being, which uh, he was gracious enough to send me a copy, and I had it reviewed and put it up in Kocharya. Um, it's about his whole process of deep coaching, the practices, the nine practices, and so on. Uh, at some point in time, when Leon comes on next year into his mastery webinar, which is going to be in something related to the deep, deep coaching, taking people deep into transformatory work, uh, this would be a phenomenally powerful support system for you as well. But today's session, as I said, is not necessarily going to be about <clears throat> Um, so I'll just hand it over to Leon at this point in time for him perhaps to introduce the subject and between him and Rosie, introduce themselves and move on ahead. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ram. Thank you for having us here. Uh, Rosie is with me, as you can all see as well. So I'll, I'll just introduce myself a little more than what Ram shared, and then I'll ask Rosie to introduce herself as well. Before I do that, just to mention the, the topic, and you probably know this because you signed up, is called Coaching the Dilemmas of Transformation. So the essence of what we're going to be talking about today is recognizing, you know, what is this thing we're calling transformation? Uh, recognizing that it's a journey. Transformation itself on the, on, on, on human, in human uh, terms is, is a kind of a journey um, that has its own challenges inherent to that journey. So we wanted to discuss with all of you today in this panel uh, what some of those dilemmas or challenges are and to kind of share with you how we work with it from uh, both a personal perspective, but also a, a coaching perspective. Yeah. So just a few other thoughts from me. Uh, Ram was right. I'm from Vancouver Island originally. Rosie's from just across the water, actually, in, in uh, North Washington, near, near Seattle. Just share more about that. So we're actually from the same 
part of the world, a very spiritual and very beautiful natural place. I've been in coaching since 2005. I am the founder and the director for the Center for Transformational Coaching, which some of you may have heard of or have checked out. And I was in Mumbai recently, just a, about a month ago as well, where I had a chance to meet even in more of you. So I've been doing the work of transformational coaching now for yeah, probably about 10, 10, 12 years. And it's always been an interest of mine. I started out in a more transactional coaching, conventional coaching place. I was doing corporate training, corporate coaching, management, leadership coaching. But my own personal journey and my own interest always lay in the, how do I get to a deeper place with people? Because that's where I wanted to go for myself. So very much then my coaching began to reflect that uh, my own journey in the external form, people began to come to me who too were on this path we'll call transformation and, and wanted to discover sort of more of who they are themselves at, a, at an essential level. So that's part of the reason why I developed the deep coaching work that Ram was referring to and why I opened the Center for Transformational Coaching was really to teach this form of coaching because it's very different than a lot of the coaching training that you receive in the marketplace today. Now, Rosie and I are not here to talk about um, you know, my method or her method. We're here to have a general conversation with all of you about this kind of journey of transformation. So Rosie, I wanna turn it over to you. I'd love for you to come in and say hi as well. Good morning, good evening, hello to you all. I'm very excited to be here. And it's really fun, Leon and I hadn't even really known each other. I hadn't known uh, Leon even though Literally, I am like this far away from um, Vancouver Island. I'm on another island in the United States called Orcas Island. And uh, I've been here for about 15 years, so we've missed each other. Originally from uh, the Detroit area of Michigan, uh, grew up there uh, and uh, studied uh, marriage and family therapy. So I'm coming in from the therapeutic uh, side of things the, um, in the family therapy systems theory we studied more about systems as opposed to uh, pathology. So that was a really good start for foundation for me for the work that I do. Uh, I worked in uh, Nova Scotia. I lived in Canada for 20 years, lived in Nova Scotia, worked in recovery. And that gave me another piece of my puzzle in, in a sense that um, in the recovery world, uh, a lot of the foundations of the work is spiritually based. Uh, and that I came in with somewhat of a therapeutic base what that did was it gave me a picture of something that's more integrative, that we're not just human beings having uh, challenges and problems and dysfunctions. We also have this spiritual part of us that needs attention and needs to be uh, brought in um, in terms of our human, human existence, human spiritual existence. Uh, from there, uh, I took two years and traveled uh, sailing across the Atlantic Ocean and I had some transformational experiences while I was sailing. And those phenomena, we'll call them phenomena, but the transformational experiences brought together an, another level of this work and inevitably took me to the, uh, the Bay Area, Palo Alto, where I studied transpersonal psychology. Uh, and I did that at a school that's uh, now called Sophia University. It used to be called the um, Institute of Transpersonal Psychology. So, that school, then I focused on the spiritual elements of things. And then da -da -da -da, I uh, found uh, uh, coaching, a uh, coach training in, in Santa Cruz. And that was where I could see all of these parts coming together in something greater than the transactional, I'm looking at, uh, the, at you, Leon, but the transactional elements, the spiritual elements, and where does that meet? Where does that 
that line meet. And so uh, I started this process way back. I started my PhD, finished my PhD in 2001, but began the coach coaching and coach training that I did at the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology for 10 years. It was the Transformational Coaching Training Program. Uh, my company is the ParadigmShifts.com and or the Paradigm Shifts Coaching Group. And uh, so I've been doing this for, gosh, almost 20 years, I guess 20 years. Um, I've written some books. Uh, the one that I, the first book I wrote is called Self-Empowerment 101. And uh, I'll refer to this quite a couple of times because of its nature in terms of what this transformational experience is about. But two other books you might be interested in, this is called The Dilemmas of Being in Business. And uh, it speaks to uh, 26, it's uh, 26 stories of where when I've worked in, um, in, um, in businesses and corporations, some of the stories that showed up because of my work there in um, this transformational coaching process. And the third book I'm showing today is The ABCs of Spirituality and Business. So those are three books that, that I brought today to share with you. Um, so I've worked in corporations such as SanDisk and uh, Flextronics and Nike in Israel and uh, a couple of other places. But generally, I'm here on the island now and uh, do my coaching from here in all over the world. So that's a good, that's a start. That's probably all you need to know. So for today, the way we're going to approach this, this is uh, meant to be more of a conversation, a panel conversation with Rosie and myself than it is a presentation. So Rosie, if it's okay, I'm going to start off with um, what I'm, I was kind of looking at the first dilemma that came to mind the other day as we were talking. And you know, the reason I found Rosie, I found her years ago on the, web, on the web because I was doing some work into the question of well, what is transformational coaching and what is transformation? I think these are core questions and in a way they're a dilemma because when you go on the web and you start to search, you'll notice that there are some very different images and ideas around what transformational coaching is. And when I read some of those ideas and some of those images, I actually disagree with them. I don't believe that they, encapsul they encapsulate what what transformational coaching really is. They often speak to what I consider all forms of coaching to be. And so when I came across Rosie's website years ago, I was like, wow, we are talking the same language. And her work has been one of just a, a handful whose way of understanding the nature of transformation, the nature of being, the integration of spirituality into our, into our journey, all of that really mirrored mine. We speak differently in terms of how we present it, but it's, it's there, the essence of it. And so, as I said, that whole question of what is transformation and what is transformational coaching is a kind of dilemma. Because if we don't know what we're working with, if we don't have a kind of shared image around it, then what happens is that people who are doing coaching, who are working with people through what I call normal everyday change and growth processes, because the reality is we all change and grow constantly, begin to call what they do transformational coaching, when it may actually be anything but transformational coaching. It may be just what we could call normal change coaching. Yeah. So that to me presents a kind of a dilemma that we'll start with. So Rosie, I'll, I'll turn it over to you just to have you share some of your thoughts around that question of like, so what is transformation when you conceive of it? And then what is transformational coaching? 
So I, you know, what, what showed up for me, Leon, when you were just saying that is that uh, I think a lot of people think of breakthrough coaching or coaching when there's breakthroughs as transformative or transformational coaching. And I think that's more transactional and these moments of ahas and these breakthroughs happen, but that doesn't mean that it's transformational. Right. Um, I happened, I, honest to God, I'm saying it like a surprise. It just so happened that I did my dissertation on, sa on sailing as a transformational experience. So I, I, I had done a lot of experience in, in reading and, and learning about transformation, but had no idea it was going to fit into my coaching practice or even, you know, 25 years later, 20 years later that I'm actually talking about it this way. But transformation is the difference is the difference is it's not about change. A change has to do more with, with doing elements of our life. And it has to do with specific elements of our life. Transformation is at the core of our being. We're shifting ourselves at the core being. And when we do that, it shifts not from one context, just in one context, it shifts the whole playing field. Everything gets shifted. It's, it's uh, reverberates through everything. So for instance, if I have this lovely coffee cup here and I love it and it makes where I make most of my coffee. Um, and if I change, change, I might change my coffee cup. But to transform, I might actually start drinking tea. Like something shifts so that I, it's a different reality that occurs for me. And that reality is not uncommon or unusual. It's just utilizing the greater aspect of who I am in my being and not just the aspect of me that is doing and is, uh, as Leon talks about, is transactional. So we're looking at the whole person um, and not just... Uh, just the part that's doing that part is sort of our ego personality part that says I want this so I'm going to do this as opposed to for me transformational coaching really takes in the essence of who we are in our being and that's what we're we're working with is our essence self who's wanting to be uh, to be more of an expression in the world mm -hmm. uh, most coaching is done in a consensus reality it's it's done in the world that we already know and and most of the world that we already know is in essence fear-based and that and when we're working in within the context of a fear-based paradigm a fear-based orientation then all of the actions and the chances the chances for change will occur within a fear-based perspective transformation takes has to what has to occur for transformation is a paradigm shift now einstein says this when he says you can't solve a problem with the same thinking that created that problem and i didn't know what that meant for a really long time until i realized he was talking about here's the problem but if we stay within the context or the with the box or the orientation of that problem we can't see what's going on. We have to get outside that box. We have to get outside that orientation so we can see what in the bigger picture. For me, this is what transformational coaching does and is about is how do we as the coach get outside the box so that we can invite our, our clients uh, into that space where they can see a larger aspect of who they are. You don't have to talk about it in terms of spirituality, but the larger expansive self is uh is who we're talking to that was great that was that was great it was all in there it was okay. all in there 
So I'm just going to build on a couple of your yeah. uh, thoughts because what you said, you know, the key, the, it's a paradigm shift. It's a paradigm shift. So, so folks, when a, when a paradigm shifts, it's, it's, it's kind of like the, the entire re perceived reality within that paradigm just completely changes. And so when you talk about, Rosie, kind of helping people get to an essential knowledge of who they are, at sort of at the core of their being, that revelation uh, is a paradigm shift because it's a That's shift right. from an ego-based sense of self, knowing myself who I am through my learned conditioned self and my egoic needs and aspirations, to knowing myself at my core essential level, like the truth of who I am. And I like that image of the onion, you know, the layers of the onion It's kind of like peeling away or stripping away layer by layer by layer of all of that conditioned stuff that we've carried for a lifetime to get to an essential understanding of who we are, of who we are at the core of our being. And that's when the paradigm absolutely begins to shift. It's kind of like the Rubik's cube folks, like click, 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 like a whole new understanding of life and self kind of comes in. And these kinds of uh, changes within the human experience are not something that happens every day. They're not just a daily breakthroughs, though a series of breakthroughs can absolutely contribute to a longer term transformational change. It's not that, but the recognition that when you think about how much you've changed in your life, like how often you go about changing, and then you think, well, how many times have I actually transformed in my life? Like a thorough, radical, restructuring of my sense of self and my purpose and my place in this world, uh, we could probably count them like on one hand all, all together. I like to use the analogy of, you know, an, a, an a, well, the computer, a computer operating system to kind of get what I'm talking about here is that the, the upgrades that we receive all the time, like here, there's an upgrade to your operating system and we kind of make a change and we upgrade it. But real transformational work is not just an upgrade of our operating system. The real transformational work is like rewriting the code of the operating system. That's the difference. It's, it's a radical at time, uh, restructuring of our sense of self and our purpose and place in this world at a being level. And so you're right, Rosie, it's not necessarily that we speak about spirituality, though it often comes into it because we're talking about whole person awareness but there is always very much that sense of being, like who am I being, who am I choosing to be? Who is this self that is emerging in me that is the greater I that reflects the core of my being? So for me, that's what transformation is and that's what we're coaching in transformation yeah. coaching. Yeah. And one of the dilemmas of coaching trans transformation in a sense is, well, it's a couple of things. One, uh, it's slow, a slower process, and we're coaching to the process of transformation. So in a sense, we know that the caterpillar, here's a little caterpillar, and then it goes into a, a chrysalis, into a cocoon, and it completely disintegrates before it becomes a butterfly. We get afraid. So one of the dilemmas is we get afraid, like, oh my God, what's going to happen to us? And uh, because we're talking about a paradigm shift, but what we're doing actually is as we lean into our uh, the edge of our comfort zone where things get scary, we lean against it. We don't have to go on the other side and you know, completely obliterate our identity, our reality. We're expanding and we're, we're empowering our clients to expand their comfort zone to include more of who they are. That's all. 
and and as a coach we're we're just leaning into their our clients to say what's that like for you to be at the edge of your comfort zone <clears throat> so number one this process is it's scary because first of all our, our context of transformational coaching is this obliteration of identity when actually it's 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 looking at all the layers of the onion without having to it's just being realized if you're at the center of the onion you have all these layers it just gets more and more and more layers and isn't that a great thing so we're just as coaches we're we're speaking to that part of our client it is it doesn't yet know of its greatness so i see every one of my clients is extraordinary because we each of us you human beings is extraordinary in our capacity to be this spiritual being in this human experience or our capacity to thrive or even survive certain um, elements and conditions of life that are extraordinary and horrific or just extraordinary. So each of my clients has all these layers of their being. And my job is to be curious with them, asking questions so that they can get clearer and clearer of their greater and greater capacities for being who they are. But the dilemma is, was we're dealing with fear, like, oh my God, I'm going to obliterate. And second of all, that the, we're being in the process, we're stewarding. And this is what your book is about, Leon. And this is what my, I have a book coming out probably next year, Fierce Compassion, which is the same thing as stewarding people through this process of evolving into their, their highest expression, their greatest expression, their greatest contributions to the world. Yeah, I love that image, stewarding people into their highest expressions and their greatest contributions in the world. That's it. That's it. Yeah. But you put your finger on that, that disruption. So folks, you know, maybe this, we could call this our second great dilemma of coaching transformation. You know, Rosie is talking to is that there is fear. We could say that the, the ego-based self-identity that we carry doesn't want to just be obliterated. It's going to resist. It's going to come up hard. It's going to fight for its own existence. Yeah. So the questions that often arise in people are questions like, okay, so if I go on this path, what will become of me? Like, will I be safe? Will I be safe? Will my family be safe? What will people think of me? That's a big one. What will people think? People think I'm crazy if I go down this journey. And that, that comes from just recognizing that transformation, true transformation is a, a massive disruptor of the status quo, right? Of what we have come to understand to be normal or what we've been told we ought to value or what isn't, you know, what's important in terms of how we act and behave each day. It's a disruptor to all of that. So these, these fear-based questions uh, that you're pointing to, Rosie, based on the, the sense of obliteration that comes from what is now being perceived of as me within this context or paradigm that I operate just rises up. And then we get people, you know, just resisting like that. That's it. I'm not, I'm not ready for that. Or they dabble. Like I, I've got, I've worked with people that dabble. Yes. They love to dabble. They kind of like one foot in the, in the transformational realm. Like I'll take a, I'll take a, a spiritual workshop weekend, weekend workshop, or I'll take, go on a retreat. Yeah. Uh, I'll read some good books on spiritual development or personal growth and I'll make some minor changes because I kind of love that world. But you know what? 
I'm going to keep my other foot in this known world where I do what I need to do. I, I strive, I work hard, I, try, I aim for success because that's what's expected of me. And that's where I derive my sense of self. That's where I derive my fulfillment. That's where people are proud of me. That's where society <clears throat> says, good job, you've done well. I'm going to keep my one foot in that because that's not a bad world. And I'll kind of dabble in this other world that, yeah. that you know, looks, looks intriguing, but not too much disruption, please. And Leon, I think that's a great point. Even, um, I mean, we think about that in terms of the client, but also as coaches, you know, when, like, you, like you mentioned, going online and searching for transformational coach trainings or, you know, what, what are people doing in the field of transformational coaching, there, there's a lot of dabbling. And, and so it gives coaches a sense of, oh, we're doing transformational work. We're basically doing breakthrough work. But it, it, the coach is able to stay safe as well. For, because to do this level of work requires the coach to expand their capacities to be with the greater self. And that's yes. what we're talking about today is like, oh my God, you know, these two people, you and me, are asking the people in this room to stretch themselves to see the greater capacity of who we are in our being and to ask questions that empower people to stretch into that, that new in, interpretation. And <clears throat> when we can do that, we see it's absolutely safe if you're grounded in the principles of what we're talking about. And everyone here in this room, I think, have some sense of that. But the grounding of the principles and the grounding of the experience, you and I are both highly experienced in, what it, in this process of transformation. So we, we know the, the waypoints, we know the milestones, we know the experience of that devastatingness or the fears or having to take that leap of faith. We know what it's like to see an interpretation that's limiting to our greater capacity and mm -hmm. go, okay, I'm at choice here. <clears throat> and to be a coach to say, here's a moment where you're at choice. You're sitting on the fence, you can go either way, but what do you want enough to move you in the direction. And I have to be willing to hear what my client has to say as a coach. I have, have to be, the dilemma is, can I hold the greater expansive, expansive self? And that's what we're, the question that we're asking, where's your heart in holding this capacity for really contributing to a shift in being for years, the, you know, the world, but also for every one of your clients? That's exciting work mm. for me. It's scary sometimes. Mm. Yeah. yeah, a couple of things. Um, I, I, I mean, there are a lot of questions, and many of them are very transactional questions in terms of how do I influence a client and so on and so forth. I just want to make a point here to the audience as well. The transformation of a client would not start unless the coach himself, herself, is in transformation. And that is what, in an energy sense, influences the client also to move forward. And I just want to pick up something that you said, Rosie, about the fear. Now, fear and desire are mirror images of the primal emotions that come in within us. And one part of it is a desire to create something, like you talked about the out-of-the-box. I think that comes first. I want to create something. At some level, the caterpillar is saying, that I want to be a butterfly. The seed is saying, I want to be a tree. And then along with that, the fear that I'm going to destroy myself as a caterpillar, or I'm going to destroy myself as, as a seed. And that's what Fiona put in there saying, the hero's journey. The call for the hero's journey is essentially a call 
for you to destroy yourself, destroy the form in which you are. And that is what transform means across the form to move into something. And I always think about Aristotle's uh, principles of actuality and potentiality when I talk about, when I think about transformation. Uh, for everything, there's a potentiality. The earth has a potentiality to create the actuality of whether it is trees or plants or species or whatever. In each one of them, I think the earth gets destroyed in some way mm -hmm. and then the other the forms come in. So when we talk about transformation, one of the things that really happens is, are we willing to maybe destroy ourselves or are we willing to lose that fear? Are we willing to, like Leon says, peel the onions and finally find there is nothing at the center of it. It's empty, actually. So that is what that you come up with, uh, whether you call it spirituality or whatever. So there are multiple questions which are being asked here. But I, I mean, many of them refer to, OK, how do I influence a client and how, how can I take a client through the transformational journey? Uh, my question to people in the audience is, have you been on the transformational journey yourself? And what does that mean to you? Uh, have you been afraid? And therefore, a coach who is not afraid, a coach who is not vulnerable, cannot really lead another person into the transformation. You said somewhere um, that the presence of the coach at that point in time is about actually absencing himself from the label of being a coach. Mm -hmm. So am I becoming invisible, no longer relevant in that conversation? And suddenly there's a transformation congruence that Carl Rogers talks about that happens within us and moves us forward. I mean, that's, that's the way that I would look at it. So I, if there's anything specific that I find that would take you deeper, I'll go to it. But one is that you might relate to a hero's journey in terms of the transformation. I think it's a beautiful metaphor for he, uh, transformation. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, someone else asked about, for example, um, yeah, the, uh, which one is it? Uh, Beck's, uh, where somebody was, uh, Spiral Dynamics or Ken Wilber's integrated uh, the whole being. And, yes. and that refers to, uh, I think Leon has a lot of experience in Ramana Maharishi's self-inquiry, which leads to the totality of the being and so on and so forth. Maybe some of those would make sense with the audience. The, uh, thank you, Ram. The, the, the interesting element here is that we, we have to have the direct experience of, of this process in a sense that we think of the transformation and, you know, theoretically, if we, again, we go, we say, don't be afraid, but, and as you're saying, Ram, there's that place of fear that's just part of being human and how we be with that fear, I, I can be afraid. I'm in a state of being afraid. What do I do? How do I be with that fear? And do, do I allow, allow it, you know, it's, at first I might allow it to resist, I'll resist it, but then it's like, what's the truth? What's the evidence of my need to be af afraid here? And so my direct experience over and over and over, I can weave together so that I can be present to my client in that process when they go, hey, I'm afraid. And I go, I totally get it. <laughs> Makes sense you're afraid. But that direct experience of what you're talking about um, is really so important for each of us. And that's why in, in a good training program, <clears throat> you, the, the, uh, you're getting coached 
through this process so that you understand from the inside out, like the inside of the onion out, you understand what your clients are going through as opposed to imposing it from a theoretical position. So that's a really, and that's a, a big dilemma for, for coaches. And I'm sure, Ram, you find that with your, some of your trainees is that they want to be coaches, but they don't actually want to do the personal work that is required to be a transformational, transformational and be able to sit in the process themselves in the fire of that and distinguish what's mine here and who am I in this? And it's, it's a beautiful, exquisite, I think, uh, it's why we're here, is to go through this process of finding out who we are and the nothingness inside, but the everything inside, yeah. and support other people to go through that. I mean, it's exciting, and it's beautiful work. Yeah, I'm glad you raised that, Ron, that idea of the coach's journey being, a, being paramount. So in terms of a dilemma for coaching transformation, I guess what we're asking everyone here is, have you committed fully to your own transformational journey? And I mean, unabashedly, fully willing to go on that hero's journey, to go into the depth of your being and really begin to do the work of healing and peeling away, stripping away all of that, which is not who you are at the core of your being. Have you walked through that, that fire? Have you gone in there? Because what happens is that if you haven't, then it's very difficult for you to be a way shower for others. Mm -hmm. They will sense it. They will sense it, folks. They will know it in you that if you have not gone there in yourself, that you are just paying lip service to it. They will sense it. And they will not go to those deeper places within themselves because they have to be able to look at you and see in you as one who has embarked. It doesn't mean you're fully transformed. I don't even know what that means, fully transformed. But you have, you have committed to the journey. So as, as Rosie was saying, you know, when they say, is it safe? And you say, it is safe. It is safe. They, they, just, they just know in you that this is a reality. They speak from a knowing. Otherwise, it's like if you're trying to help someone like learn how to deep sea dive and you're standing on the beach, right? You're standing <laughs> on the beach yelling, all right, take a deep breath now and head to the bottom. And of course, it's very difficult to teach people to deep sea dive when you're standing on the edge of the shore. Beautiful. And it's like that, right? But the, but the reverse is also true. And, and this is kind of connecting, is that if, if the person is ready to dive deep, um, and, and sorry, if, if you're ready to dive deep with the person, and you're out there in the water, and you've gone on this journey, and you know what it takes, and you understand the dilemmas that are inherent in it, and you stand as a beacon of one who has walked the path, and the person standing on the shore, it doesn't mean that just because they see you, and they see that you are authentic and that you are real and that you speak truth in this way. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily ready either, okay? So it's, it's, it's recognizing too that readiness is um, an important part of it for people. Someone asked, I think in Ram's uh, list, like, how do I influence people? Well, your transformation enables transformation. That's the number one influencer. Yeah. But beyond that, we have to be listening for readiness within people to go on a deeper dive rather than push them into the water <laughs> to go on that deeper dive. Because uh, some people simply aren't ready for that level of disruption. Some people really just want to do transactional work with you. Some of them just want to make small changes to the way they operate in this world. And that's perfectly okay, right? But it's when you sense that there is a person there who's ready 
And they're looking at you. Are you one that can facilitate this journey with me? Are you one that has walked the path? And if you're able to say with confidence, yes, I can, then I tell you that that, that dilemma of um, you know, uncertainty begins to fade because you hold the presence in the space of one who knows. So thanks for bringing that up, Ron. That, you know, that's, that's a critical understanding. Leon, one of the things that you're saying, you know, it's like I have four things going in my mind all at the same time that I'm about to say. <laughs> but um, it's like uh, uh, um, uh, Rumi in, or Nazardine talks about smuggling donkeys in one of his stories, which is, a, a, for me, a way of looking at how we can smuggle transformation. And I, we talk, I talk about this a lot when I'm coaching to um, corporate trainees and people in, in smuggling transformation into corporations. And we can do that just with the level of our presence and the safety mm. of this is who I am and, and planting those seeds. For instance, uh, a corporate culture may be uh, more fearful and oppressive, but if we come in or you come in, whoever's listening, with a sense of confidence and openness and a fearlessness that represents something different, we're starting to show something different. We're starting to uh, be and create a different culture, in a sense, just in our presence of being something other than fearful, fear-based kind of orientation. We're starting to plant the seeds. So a client may not be ready, and we're always coaching to uh, to the, the ability of the coach, uh, the client, right? We're always coaching. And so we right. can always add little tiny little breadcrumbs for where this process may take them. Um, transformation may take years to actually, and, and again, this process of transformation is like, oh, I'm transformed. I hit that plateau. I arrived. And then we're back in the work again. Anybody yep. who's doing, I'm sure, Ram, what you, that's absolutely true in that ability to go, oh my God, I can't tell you. I mean, I'm talking personally here. I can't tell you the number of times I've gone, okay, I'm done, I've gotten here, I'm arrived. And then plummeted right back into the soup of what else, what else is gonna arrive? The other thing I wanted to say, which is a huge dilemma for those of us who are wanting to, to do more transformational coaching is that most people won't do this level of work unless they're suffering. The suffering is so great. They go, please help me through this. Give me a path. Give me a steward. Give me an agent of somebody who knows the way out of this. And so people in recovery, they hit bottom and their way is up. And the only way they need that is what they need is that place that's sponsoring. But they suffer. There's so much pain and agony in their being, in their being that they are willing to listen and willing to you know, start the process. Uh, and that's what another dilemma of this work is that a lot of times people aren't suffering enough that they're willing to take the next step. I love when people are like, hey, I'm curious. I, I wanna know what this is about in me. What's my fullest expression? Uh, but they're rare because most people, it's, this is scary work, but it doesn't have to be an all or nothing shattering but it, it's a slow process that we're stewarding people through that. And if you know that, I know that, Leon knows that, Ram knows that. If we know that, then we can be much more expansive in how we're holding this whole unfolding process. 
Uh, Rosie, um, when you spoke somewhere in passing about safety and Leon used the word safety and Ruta has asked a question which I think is absolutely brilliant. In terms of, personally, I don't think as a coach or anybody for that matter, when I'm working with somebody, I'm aware of whether I'm in a safe space or not. And I'm not leading somebody to space, uh, to, uh, to a safe space. All that I would be doing is accepting where I am mm -hmm. and inspiring or influencing in terms of confidence that irrespective not knowing is really the key issue. Not saying not knowing it is safe because if somebody is interpret saying and that beautiful metaphor that Leon said and somebody else talked about Bill Murray in one of the movies, um, a deep sea diver instead of standing on the shore dives in the deep sea diver doesn't dive in knowing it's 100% safe, but the deep sea diver dives in to provide confidence to the other person and perhaps in some way enable that person to come up or move to shore. But very often the deep sea diver who's trying to help does not know if conditions are such, whether he's going to survive. In some sense, he's willing to destroy himself. And that's truly, I think, the hero's journey of a coach. Beautiful. At that point in time, are you willing to do that? Not knowing what is going to happen, but just accepting it could go any which way. But this is all that is possible from me. I don't know how you look at this, both of you. Leon, you want to start? To be honest, I'm not sure I understood what the question was, if there was a question in there. Yeah, the question was about um, basically Ruta's question, which I'm interpreting, was about safety. Um, if we are saying that you need to be, or the coach represents safety, uh, is that true? To me, that's not true. I was, uh, here's an example of that, Ram. Um, I was talking to a client yesterday, and uh, her her processes and so two things one is i'm going to speak to is the safety that i'm presenting that i'm i have I'm, I'm creating a space that so that the client can feel safe enough with me and with themselves that they're willing to take a step to look at something differently you have to feel safe enough to do that the other thing that i'm cultivating with my clients is is self-trust can you know, I can go out in the water as a scuba expert and I could go down and I have a, a sense of the conditions, but I want to instill and cultivate a sense of trust in my person so that they're willing to do something a little bit different than they've ever done before. So I want to create that safe space so they feel the safety with me and themselves and they can trust, they cultivate that sense of trust. So yesterday I was talking to a client and I was talking about her reaching just one rung up her ladder of self-empowerment, just reaching for the next rung. And she said, and you're at the bottom of the ladder holding me, or, you know, if I fall, you'll catch me. And I go, no, I'm not on, I'm not at the bottom. I'm on this ladder right next to you. I'm right next to you with you as you're reaching for your next rung, I'm kind of reaching with you on that. So she has a greater sense of my presence right there in the moment. And that's another element of this is what you're talking about, I think, is 
that coaching, this level of coaching takes place in the present moment. And in that present moment, nothing else matters but this conversation, this presence of being um, with, with each other, with the client. With, um, Leon, what's your sense of that? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of this, this whole image of uh, safety. And, and, and Ram said, you said something like, I, I don't know if it's safe. I, I don't think the diving metaphor is, is as you know, accurate we, in that way when we talk about safety of the depths, because what we're talking about here is an understanding of what happens when we go deep within ourselves, when we start to get to the core essence of who we are. And when we get down to those really profound levels of self-awareness of the way that life is in reality with a capital R, yes. we start to recognize that there is infinite safety, that all is cared for at these very essential levels of being and life on a universal scale. There is this pervasive safety and, and love. And so as a coach, the, the more that I can just simply embody this in my own lived reality, the more I just carry that. It kind of gives permission for people to say yes to something that they cannot yet perceive, which is, let's say, safety. But I don't necessarily in my sessions focus on creating safety. I love what you're saying, though, Rosie. I'm on, on, my, on the parallel ladder. What I focus on in the sessions is creating spaces in which people are willing to do healing work which mm -hmm. indeed resembles safety because they must feel safe enough with me to do certain healing work. But I've noticed instead of saying a safe space, I try to create a healing space. And a healing space is one in which someone is willing to do the work of beginning to kind of look at those shadowy aspects of themselves, the hidden beliefs, the uh, false and distorted images of themselves or the way the world or reality is, and really begin to look at these things because this is the essence, the essential barriers to transformative growth are these kind of parts of the, the old paradigm that just hang around. So in these healing spaces, we do create safety that's there. And I, as the coach, seek to embody that. But beyond safety is a recognition that people can do this work with me. And, and so that's sort of where I focus it rather than saying focus on safety is what does it take to create a healing environment? one in which people feel that they can go into these depths and really do the work, even if it is scary, right? Even if there is fear, even if there is uncertainty about what will happen when I do, which is a big piece of the, of the journey. I hope that's making some sense to folks. I'm not sure if that was clear, but it's kind of an expansion of the idea of safety into a larger understanding of what the coaching space can do for people on the journey. It's like safety is like the minimum. And then we expand into healing context. One of the things I, um, I just brought up that I, um, <laughs> I wrote this uh, piece, it's part of the coaching training program that I did, but it's called 36 Principles of Transformational Coaching. 36 Principles of Transformational Coaching. It's an ebook. Um, and what you're speaking to is that we have to have uh, certain principles of our coaching, uh, coaching process, our coaching method. Um, whether we're doing transactional, spiritual, any kind of coaching that we're doing, any kind of life orientation that we're doing, there are certain principles by which we're focused on and utilized. And there are higher sense of principles. What are the first 10 principles of your work? I couldn't get them down to 10 principles. I had 36 principles 
of transformational coaching. That's what came up and that's what I had to work with. <laughs> but they go from that place of um, creating that safe space or what is coaching in terms of direct experience, blah, blah, you know, just, but, but coming into that place of, for you, Leon, as you're saying, my intention is, my principle is creating this, having this healing. It has to be a space of, that allows for the healing to occur. The principles for each. So one of the, the takeaways I'd like all of you to, to look at for yourselves is what are the principles by which you sit with your clients? What are the principles by which you're operating any time during your session so that you can actually be clearer and clearer about where your, uh, your highest truth is, your highest values, your highest intentions in your work. And if you, know that and you're clear about that, then you're more likely to continue to practice into those principles every single day, every single client. Um, and that's where the, my growth continues to happen over and over again, because I keep working at the principles that are of my highest um, value, which one of them I already mentioned in terms of my clients are extraordinary. I see them as whole beings. And my, my job is to empower them to, to know what that is in their wholeness and in their more expansive contribution in the world. I want them to know that. I already know it. So I want, to, I, want, I want to ask questions, and this is a really important part of any good coaching, is to ask the questions that expand a person's ability to think and be intelligent, not just the feeling and their interpretations, which is where 90% of us live in our interpretations but truly in the expansiveness of the whole being. Yeah. What, what other uh, principles, um, Leon, what's a, a really important principle for you in, in terms of transformational work? Well, I think the healing piece that I was just speaking to is key. Yeah. You know, people have often a, an image of healing as being this kind of softy, wooey kind of thing for, for people who are in pain or if they're injured or hurt. Like I broke my arm and I've got to go get mended and cared for and I got to take care of it. But when we're talking about transformation, there are actually kind of two images of healing that are important for people to grasp. And one is the image that in order for me to tra transform, to become this greater version of who I am, one that really resembles this essential being at my core, I have to be able to let go of a lot of limiting beliefs and false mm -hmm. images and distorted perception that I have carried for a lifetime. So it's this idea of letting, letting go. But the other side of healing is this kind of idea of me beginning to embody higher ways of being, ones that are more reflective of my essential nature, my true self, you, as you said, Rosie, the magnificence that we are, so that we're becoming to embody this as our lived reality, not just an intellectual idea that I'm a wonderful thing, or my coach told me I'm a magnificent person. I don't really get that, but my coach told me that I'm beginning to really sense this reality in myself, and I begin to embody that, because yes. that's the image of healing as movement into wholeness and completion. Beautiful. So, right? So there's this image of healing. So we create these healing spaces in coaching uh, to allow both of these dynamics to play out, the letting go of that which no longer reflects the I at the core of my being, and then this movement into more of who I am, the reality of self, the embodied truth. And folks, this maybe I could just mention this for a moment, Rosie, because this brings up a, a, a real dilemma of, of transformation mm -hmm. work. And that, folks, is that 
beliefs, core limiting beliefs run deep. I mean, they run, they run deep. They go deep into the subconscious mind. And they, I mean, I, I would go even further than that, they, that they exist in the subconscious mind. They exist in our physicality. They can be in our DNA. So Bruce Lipton wrote a great book called uh, The Biology of Belief, where we begin to see how beliefs that we have carried, and not just ours, but even ancestral generational beliefs kind of are getting coded into our, into our DNA. It's in our energy fields. It's in our subconscious mind. It's in our conscious mind. These core beliefs are incredibly hard to help for people to outwork. Like how literally, how do you let go of a belief that is wedded to the fabric of your self-identity? Like if that belief was gone, you wouldn't even know who you were kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I, I could tell stories about this, but maybe for time's sake, I won't tell a story. But see, here's what I've noticed, folks, is that when you are coaching and you think, well, my role as a coach is to just ask these questions. If I could just ask the right question, then somehow this person who has carried this belief since they were old enough to walk can somehow just magically outwork this and let it go. Then you're, you're going to be deceiving yourself because the reality is, is that this stuff uh, goes so deep that that your questions alone, though they can move people forward in their intellectual understanding and the way they consider it, do not necessarily outwork, truly outwork a deeply seated belief from the fabric of our being, so to speak. And so we hit the limits of the intellect mm -hmm. and we hit the limits of questions. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I come back to the healing space because in a healing space, we can start to do the work that is not so much of the intellect. You said it earlier, Rosie, it's this, it begins here in the heart, right? So now we start to recognize the capacity of the, of the heart. And I'm pointing to my chest, but I'm not necessarily referring to the physical heart, but our spiritual heart, the capacity of the heart and the vast intelligence to be able to do the work that the intellect simply cannot do. All the intellect can do is point like, like that's what needs healing over there. That thing over there, it can reveal it. It can query it. It can analyze it. But the intellect, let's be honest, folks, the intellect hasn't healed anything. It just <laughs> okay. points to what needs healing. Beautiful. Healing begins when we create these heartfelt spaces in which people can really go in and allow the heart's intelligence and the heart's energies to do the work at those deep, deep levels. So that's another huge dilemma. I'll just put out there. Uh, Elian, I just want to jump in here with a comment that has been made, which sort of touches upon the point. Uh, the dilemma, uh, paraphrasing what Fiona has said here, it's, uh, she has said it slightly differently, uh, but our inability or the coach's inability to embody our recognition that we can draw upon the universal energy, the web of life that we are all part of, which is essentially what you're saying, the collective consciousness, our ability to uh, not from the intellect, but from the heart. But the question that has uh, arises for me very often when I hear, Alan was here uh, a few days ago, and and there was this thing about the intellect, uh, the, the the head, the heart, and the gut. Now again, I, I understand what is being pointed out, and when you say about from the heart, and uh, what you mean by the heart is probably something more than the organ of the heart. But when we start looking at it as the head, heart, and the gut, 
are we not again sort of splitting them into organs rather than a holistic energy space, uh, which is what we are really talking about as a space that we ought to be in as coaches to be able to convey or transmit that space to the client. Yeah, when you when you when you reduce it down to organs, <laughs> it's a problem. Even uh, scientifically, the 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 studies that have been done on the physical heart and the gut that they put sensors on it to see sort of where things are going on. Apparently, the physical heart itself doesn't have a lot actually going on there in terms of um, emotional connectivity. Apparently, the, physically speaking, the gut is more. Uh, more, more, much more alive. So yeah, reducing it to, to organs is not necessarily the most helpful. But I think what I'm pointing to is consciousness, mm-hmm. Rob, not <clears throat> organs. So the consciousness of reason versus the consciousness of love, infinite, vast, expansive, all-encompassing love has the capacity to heal the distortions of the mind, of the self-concept. Again, the intellect can play a role, absolutely. And so again, it's not that reason and rationality is some, something to be dismissed, not at all. It, it kind of gets us there. It gets us to that point of simply saying, yes, I see now what it is that is in need of this deep forgiveness or deep releasing or deep loving that allows me to truly let go of these falsities. Because what we're talking about at the end of the day, ego, non-ego, fear, love. So can we create spaces in which people are in, the, in essence, loving themselves into the fullness of their reality? That's it. It's the most basic thing, like right to the core. If you want enlightenment, learn to love yourself. Mm-hmm. I hope that kind of answers it, Ram. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and I actually, I totally agree with you. That, that's really uh, what I w- wanted to hear from you. There, there's also a question. Um, the answer is probably built within itself. Uh, DP had asked a question about Ramana's, about the spiritual heart. And in fact, in one of his statements, he says that the right side of the heart Whereas your heart, the physical heart, is on the left side of the heart. And he mm-hmm. talks about that space on the right side of the heart where everything, the universal intelligence, resides. And so it's not about an organ. It's about uh, a much larger space. When you get into that energy, you don't even know where that... It's not about really the organ at all. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. One of the dilemmas for me, coming back to dilemmas and what we're talking about here is... We've got some just phenomenally beautiful um, principles and articulation of what what is and how do we translate that into being in the moment with our clients and going from, you know, uh, this concept of mind, body, spirit, we'll say, and okay, now I'm sitting with a client and (laughs) now what do I do? How do I, how do I create this space of healing? How do I create this, um, this moment where something is shift is has a capacity to grow or shift or be different and so taking um our our principles and our theories and our um our orientation of the spiritual capacities and bring them into okay how what do i do now you know i've got all this great learning 
and how do I sit with this person and make a difference for them um, in their life today? So the, the, for me, uh, so that's one dilemma is how do I take these principles, spiritual or human principles, and, and, uh, and now put it into reality? That's one, one of the dilemmas. But the other one I wanted to mention was sometimes when this, as coaches, we're um, opening up areas in a being, in a, in a human being, that they may not have tapped into before. So there may be an emotional expression. There may be an energetic expression. There may be um, elements uh, that feel very disruptive uh, on the physical level. Um, we know that as the cellular memory clears, sometimes it feels like we're getting sick. Sometimes it feels like we're maybe having an emotional or mental breakdown. Um, how do we as coaches, this is the question that is in a sense rhetorical, but it's still a sense of how do I be present to the vibrational shift that's occurring for this person, the cellular shift that's going for this person, the intelligence, the, I call it spiritual intelligence, um, but the intelligence and the wisdom that's expanding and how that does become disruptive. Um, it doesn't have to be a whole, you know, it's even though there's a fear there, if we have a sense of this possibility, then we can be present to it rather than saying, sounds like you've got the flu when actually it's just um, a, a purging or a detoxing or a um, unfolding, a letting go of what's no longer required in the body or in the energy field. So this is a big um, element of, of this work, I think, of transformational coaching. Mm. Leon, what, what's your thoughts about that? Yeah, no, I'm, How do I'm you right agree on. with that? What I'm, what I'm hearing and what you're saying, Rosie, is, and, and correct me if I sort of misinterpret that, but that there's an element of when a person is ready in a transformational coaching conversation to do some of this deeper work, let's say we could call it a healing experience of sorts, that the coach doesn't necessarily know what to do. Mm -hmm. I, I, is that kind of what you're saying? Like, how do I then facilitate this thing that's obviously occurring to this person in this moment. And what I've noticed is that when coaches don't know what to do, they often fall back again on the kind of the intellectual questions. Mm -hmm. So they take it out of the energetic experience or the emotional experience, mm -hmm. and they try to bring it back into the head because that's where that's the coach right. is more comfortable operating right. because after all, we've all been taught that we uh, ask questions to move coaching conversations forwards. And this other thing, well, I don't really know how to handle that. So yeah, there's a dilemma right there. If the coach is not capable of facilitating experiences other than an intellectual based kind of conversation, then there may indeed be a lost opportunity, let's say for something more expansive or even extraordinary to, to occur. Yeah. And I think that um, number one for, for those of us who are doing this work to become more educated, like what is that actually <laughs> mean like where could this go um in in this process and what does that mean about me as a coach being present to this <laughs> this whatever this is it's like oh my god maybe i do just want to do transactional work and step away from transformation because yeah. it's um because it's not it's very rare and i've been doing this work for over 20 years it's very rare that craziness or insanity or whatever is going to show up where I'm going to fall out of my seat. 
It's one of the first rules I had learned as a therapist 30 some years ago is, you know, your client isn't going to give you stuff that you're, you're going to fall out of your seat about. But being able to say, well, what do I need to learn, not only about this transformational process, but again, if we know the experience of transcending, transgoing through this transformation process, then we know those elements of what's it like that the physical body is going through, yeah. the signs or symptoms that occur that may be it might be physical, as in maybe it needs some medical attention, but most likely in this process, it's an energetic release process that's occurring. So can how I, do I be I, ready for that? Go ahead. Can I, can I share a story? Sure. <laughs> Around just what you're saying, the energetic release process. This might be fun for some people to, to hear. So I had a client who, let's say, was very willing to do the deep work with me actually ended up working with this client for, for six years. So let's not kid ourselves. Transformation is very rarely, if ever, an overnight experience. And so at one of our sessions, he began to recognize that there was something very, very core to him around, I never really felt I became a man in my life. Like I went through my life really, really fast and kind of teen years went by in a bit of a blur. And I never really felt I had an experience where I kind of stepped over the threshold from boyhood into manhood. And I've always felt like I've been living uh, my man's life in a boy's body. So this is part of what was being revealed through our coaching and our work. And so in this session in particular, he started to really go into it and sort of feel into it energetically. And the session, and this is quite common in, in transformational work that I do, we, we kind of moved into a, a period of silence with each other. And it's a very profound silence. It's not a silence where I'm just waiting for him to say something. I'm, I'm really like there with him at an energetic level and going into his experience, even though I can't be in his experience, so to speak, I'm there with him in it. And so we're sitting in this profound silence and suddenly out of the blue, and by the way, we're on the phone, but he, he, you could hear him jump out of his chair and goes, Leon, I gotta go. I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta run, I gotta run. I've just gotta run. He said, the sun's coming up. I got to go. And I said, okay. Because um, uh, here I'm like, oh, oh okay. Um, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll be back. Just wait for me. Wait for me. I'm like, all right. All right. And I could hear a door slam. <laughs> and, and so there I sat just by myself in the coaching session. <laughs> going to come back. Something's going on for him big. And he comes back. goes, Leon. 20 minutes later, he was gone. He goes, Leon, I ran to the top of this hill over there just as the sun was coming up. And Leon, there was this energy moving through me. It was unbelievable. I can't describe it. It just filled my body. And he said, Leon, I stand here now. I am a man. He's like <laughs> shouting into the phone. This, this, I'm a man. I'm a man. Right? So this is, this is just it. Like I could have never in a million years predicted that that kind of a healing experience would have gone that way, right? Mm. But that our sessions would have led to that. And yet, you know, those are the kinds of things that can happen, the energetic release at a cellular level, the memories outworking themselves, that can happen in a session when you create healing spaces in which it's possible for people to do that kind of work with you. And it's massively Beautiful. important in transformational work, folks. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I keep, you know, this conversation's been great because I keep coming up with more di dilemmas I hadn't originally when we talked about this. Like, here's another dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is going. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, one of the things I want to say, which is a dilemma, which is 
we a lot of times as coaches we want we want to push for transformation we we like those breakthrough moments in a session where a client has aha moments you know and those <laughs> transcendent moments but those transcendent moments rarely if we don't catch them and then utilize them in terms of what's how do we in, how do we create a sustainable how do we create sustainability of those transcendent moments right. that's that's w one of the, the dilemmas is and in a lot of times in psychology psychology's uh, therapeutic sessions are quite often based on those aha moments on those uh, moments of uh, of aha but mm -hmm. never take it to the next level and what we're doing in coaching and what we're doing in transformational coaching is taking that aha moment and creating sustainability. That's transformation. Yep. Uh, Ken Wilber talks about being in a house and seeing some stairs for the first time. And, and all of a sudden you open the, the door up there and you go, oh my God, I didn't even know there was an attic up there. But most of us in a aha moment will close that, the insight therapy, close that and forget that that's up there until you know, three months later, you go, oh yeah, that's up there. And eventually we build the stairs and we build the, the room up there. That's transformation. But the one thing I want to mention that's really important is that the body will not allow us to, to transform or move beyond our capacity for growth and change and transformation. Our body and our nervous system, David Hawkins talks about this um, and other people talk about it too, I'm sure, of the body's uh, ability to handle energetic or vibrational or shifts and changes, we're not wired for that level of enlightenment, that level of expansion all at once. Mm. And sometimes when people have uh, Kundalini experiences or other energetic vibrational things, their wires can get, their neurotransmitters can get fried. And then it's, it's a while to, to, to heal from that. But if we are able to be present to and respect and honor the body's capacity to heal itself and to expand our whole field of being, then we're going to be more slow and more present. Uh, yeah. We know that people who are, um, who get ungrounded and get too um, uh, away from their groundedness, I'll just put it that way. Um, they have to stop. They have to start eating more grounding foods like meat or uh, grains or things that are more grounding. They have to not uh, meditate so much. They have to stop doing those things that take them out into the world because it's ungrounding and they're not able to function. So as a, a transformational coach, we have to be aware of what's the body's capacity and the human being's capacity to grow or to heal. And so slow, slow and sure, you know, and, and uh, attending to the client's capacity for that growth is what we're up to and right. not trying to push for transformation, not trying to push for the big woohoo because that's just it. Ah, oh my goodness. Thank scary. you for saying that. <laughs> I love transformational coaching. I so badly want my clients to transform. Right? And all they did was grind their teeth for the whole session. <laughs> yes. Nothing happened. There was no breakthrough. Leon, the value of my work is going down. <laughs> right? That's that transactional mindset, right? The coach must provide value by having a breakthrough moment in the session. Therefore, the client will continue to work with me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But you're talking about something, a completely, again, different paradigm of how we engage with our clients and the journey that they are on into, you're calling it sustainability, this embodiment of these higher ways of being. As you said, it takes time to outwork. It takes time to rewire, reconfigure 
the neural networks and the energetic networks of our being to these higher ways. It just takes time. And so sometimes sessions are tough and they're just a grind and they don't go anywhere. And it's not a reflection for a second on what the coach has done. Sometimes it's just the nature of that stage in the work. Yeah. But, but that, that in itself is a really important uh, distinction, I'll say, that it, it appears it's not going anywhere. Right, but appearance. <laughs> that speaks the text of, the, of our, we have some place, get some place, as opposed to the truth is, is when we're in the moment is where we do the most extraordinary shift in being. That's where the transformational process takes place. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. And if we can just, if, if as a coach, I can be present to, to, to my client's being and my client being with what they're being with. And in that, then we start to, again, create sustainability around that. What just happened? Oh, I, I came into my sense of I, I, oh, this client that I was talking about with the rungs. I said, what's it like being in that state of having gotten to that rung? And she says, relaxed comfortable, present. How, how much of your time do you spend in that? Like literally 15% of her day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But she, she has that orientation now of saying, Oh my gosh, I've only in that place of really appreciating myself 15% of my day. The rest of the time I'm in negative thinking, negative orientation, waiting for my husband to come home and getting up before he sees that I'm doing something that he would, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, how do we bring people, how do we create that sustainability of that moment of, ah, I, uh, I have a magic wand here. <laughs> and uh, quite often with my clients, I'll, if I say, I always start out my work with, what is it that you're wanting? Because number one, people quite often will not tell you what they really want. They'll tell you what they should want. Uh, based on limited perspective. Here's what I want. Uh, you know, I want more money. I want da 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 da. And I say, just hang on a second. I want you to think of me as your fairy godmother. And literally, I do this with corporate people, business people, all kinds of people. I want you to think of me as your fairy godmother. And here's my magic wand. It's full of sparkles. And I'm going to wave my magic wand. And you can have whatever it is that you want. My job is to empower you to have whatever it is you want. So initially where they went, well, I want more money or I want a better career. As soon as I wave my wand or tell them I'm waving my wand, that might be I'm waving my pen, they expand into this whole different reality of what is desired. I want, I want, to play, I want to go skiing. I want to have the freedom to enjoy my life. I want the, I want the exuberance of playing with my children. I want the, I want to create. I want to, I love metalwork. I want to, and so you can just their heart opens in the conversation, and they're no longer sitting with their hands in their lap, going, "Well, I'd really like to have more money or more of this." They are now in a different paradigm just because I say so, right? Just because I say so. I'm your fairy godmother. You can, um, I empower you to make whatever you want happen. Now they're in a different paradigm. That's, that's what I know that we, that's what we want to create sustainability around. Exuberance, passion, creativity, 
love. I want to be with my kids. I want to okay, excellent. That's what we're creating. That's what's transformative when we're thinking in the bigger fairy godmother, fairy godfather, whatever um, perspective. Yeah. So I just put that out there as, as it makes, it's, it's a great, for me, a great um, uh, distinction between how we can coach to what do you want in the normal paradigm to what's possible. I just want to point out to the audience as well, a couple of things that what you said, Rosie, are so amazingly powerful. One, the client has to be ready and somebody is asked about, do you set a goal before you start the session? The goal is set by the client and that is, mm -hmm. and the client has to be ready. I mean, when you talked about the Kundalini, that resonates for me because I nearly fried myself and lost my eyes when I went through a Kundalini experience and it was fairly traumatic. Uh, the other is that what you just now pointed out when you talked about what the client should want and what the client wants, and I would interpret that as the wants and the needs. Mm -hmm. And it is a tremendously powerful quote from Ramana Maharishi where he says, this universe can satisfy the needs of its billions, but it cannot satisfy the wants of one single greedy person. Um, so I, I possibly that resonates. Uh, well, I, I just I, wanted to put, oh, go ahead, Rosie. I was going to say that in terms of when we're talking about when a, a client is having experiences that might be outside your comfort zone as a coach, you want to have people that you can refer to that you trust for, um, to, to refer clients to. So a therapist, a, a spiritual guide, um, energy workers, um, yeah. uh, uh, acupuncturists, herbalists, whoever it is that you trust um, that can work alongside with you perhaps with this client or that you would make the referral when you're out of your comfort zone. And number yeah. two, work with, um, work with a supervisor or a mentor so that you're expanding your work so that you can, are much more able to um, hold these, the space um, in this healing space for people. So um, this is obviously you're all here because you're wanting to grow this capacity of yours to be with people. That's, I'm so happy about that. And um, know when it's time to refer. It's a really important skill for, <laughs> for Absolutely. coaches. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, you probably noticed the way that Rosie and I are just speaking about this work may be different than you're hearing others speak about coaching. So hopefully we've been able to convey to you some of the ideas, the images um, that principles, as, as Rosie was saying earlier, that, uh, that underpin the transformational coaching work. It is, for me, it is an extraordinary place to live and work. And I say live and work because those two are inseparable. Once you've begun the transformational journey for yourself, you become an agent of transformation for others. And the work that you do begins to automatically reflect it. Your work becomes deeply purposeful and meaningful and fulfilling in this world because of it. So if you have an interest in learning to be a transformational coach, this is the work that Rosie and I both do through our various organizations. You know, do connect with us. Do ask us your questions offline if we haven't been able to answer them today. We're both wildly available for, for all of you to, to come forward and just ask or talk or connect with us in some way. Rosie, did you want to do a wrap up with the final question just around the, the, the takeaways? Yeah, and I uh, will need Ram for this in terms of we, 
but Leon and I want to know is what's the big takeaway for you mm. from what you've heard today? What's, you know, there might be like, oh, there's too many, but is there one, but even just one or two words that uh, describes what the takeaway was, what was the most valuable aspect of what you've been experiencing? Over what's really fun for me in creating this safe space is playfulness with my clients that this is not doesn't have to be serious work in, to, in a sense of creating this healing space part of that is the humor and the um the ability to handle stuff in a more natural way because i think as you get more comfortable with this space it's playful and um and fun really, and it doesn't yeah. have to even when people are upset there can be a sense of holding in, in a more gracious way not in a serious there's something wrong here place but it'll be right. like, right. yeah. <laughs> that's that's very true isn't it yeah it's so very very true yeah it can be hard the transformational journey can get very dark for some people at times yeah but yeah you know if we can hold that space of lightness the light work of transformational the coaching. light work yes yeah <laughs> yeah really good I, I thought it was brilliant some of the stuff uh, that we talked about in terms of the metamorphosis that uh, needs to happen and especially what you said, the client has to be absolutely ready before. Uh, it's not transformation is not something that's the coach's agenda. It's something that a client has to deeply desire uh, that needs to happen. The boy wants to go into him. Man, whatever that happens. And in fact, somebody had asked a question. Leon has been coaching somebody for six years. Doesn't it create a dependence? <laughs> I guess those are the things yeah. that can be answered on the forum. I, yeah. I know that's a little question and answer. Oh, yeah. Dependence. But, but I think it's, fun. Yeah, it, it's absolutely um, uh, super session. Thank you. Thank you very much for being there uh, today. Thank you, Ram. Fantastic. This is uh, really good. So what the funny thing is, again, this is humor uh, from a humorous, not so humorous place perhaps, but a client may say, hey, I want to want transformation, but they actually don't know what that means <laughs> until they're in it. Just like the caterpillar goes, oh yeah, I think I want to be a butterfly. It's like they have no idea what's in store and it's, it is what it is and it's a starting place and it's a place of engaging and excitement. And at the same time, it's a place where each one of us will have our own pace at, at that, at, of how we unfold into this process. We're already, already, always doing it. And this is just a little bit more structured in making it happen. Yeah. Thank you all. Absolutely. It is beautiful. Thank, Thank you. Thanks Appreciate everything, you guys. This is really good. Thank Bye. you all Thank for you being here, too. Yeah. Thank you all, audience. Bye, everybody. everybody. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. You can listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We launch new episodes weekly. To learn more about coaching, leadership, and self-development, visit us at Kocharya.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-A-R-Y-A.com. See you next time.